Good morning. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining us this morning. We in Lent, that time of the church year that we think of and prepare ourselves for Jesus' death on the cross and for his resurrection um, on the Sunday. Um, I really do hope that in this time of the year that you spend extra time thinking about this, praying about it, reading about it, allowing God to prepare you for this, um, this event in our life as church. Before we do our scripture reading this morning, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that we may come to listen to your word. Thank you that your word will save us. Thank you that your word will make a difference in our lives. Thank you that your word can heal us, can set us free, can, can build us up, can bring new growth in our lives. Thank you that, that you love us unconditionally. Thank you that, that we have your promise that you will keep on working in our lives and keep on changing us. That you will not stop. And if we think in this time of the year of your crucifixion, of your death on the cross, we realize that it's because you love us and you will never stop loving us. Lord Jesus, open the scripture up this morning. Give us a new understanding of who you are and what you want to do in our lives. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is from John chapter 5. John chapter 5, I'm going to start at verse 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here is a great number of disabled people. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else go down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was the Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, Who was this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, and something worse may happen to you. Or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. So Jesus, so because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, the Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason they tried to kill all the they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal to God. Verse 24. Very truly, Jesus said, 
I tell you, whoever hears my word and whoever believes who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. That concludes our scripture reading. The story we read tells about Jesus that was on a Sabbath at the pool of Bethesda, healing a man that was invalid for 38 years. The, the pool of Bethesda was in one corner of the temple grounds, um, close to the sheep gate, it says. That was the gate where people that came um, to bring, their, bring sheep or animals for sacrifice, that's where they entered. So this pool was actually very well located that people that coming to the temple to, um, would pass it and would see the people that were ill and, in, and sick and, and uh, in need of healing. And they would do something, they would help them. But it didn't always happen. Because if we listen to what this man said, he said, there's no one here. I'm on my own. No one is helping me. The belief was that the water gets stirred. Actually, what it was, it was an underground fountain that, um, that moved. And every time the water came up, it created a stir in the water. And, and the, the belief was that that can heal you. So the first, people, first person entering the water has a chance to be healed. Just think of the chaos when there was a stirring in the waters taking place of poorly people, of sick people, of invalids trying to get into the water first. It's actually so sad. The Gospel of John tries to tell us that Jesus came to give us new life. In John 1 verse 3, he says, And through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. In him was life. In John 10, 10, uh, Jesus says, and I want to give you life in its fullness. And now we read about a, 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 a poorly sick guy that was on his own for 38 years. He get a chance to have a new life. But sometimes there's stuff in life. There's things that prevent us from reaching that goal of getting new life. There's three things maybe in this, in this passage we read that, that prevent those, that new life um, coming into our lives. The first thing that we read is about the situation you found yourself in, you're finding yourself in right now. Uh, Jesus, um, the scripture says Jesus saw a sick man. Uh, he was an invalid 38 years. And he was lying close to the pool where there was supposedly healing with no one helping him. Uh, a, a guy that's trying desperately on his own to reach the water in time to be there first and couldn't manage it. Uh, for 38 years he was an invalid. And, and in his own words he told Jesus, I, I have no one. I have no one to help me get into the water. And even while I'm trying, someone else go in ahead of me. It's sad to see something like that. I, I, I believe it would have touched Jesus' heart to see the suffering. And the 
think how difficult it would have been for this this guy. And and we 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 can't we we can't think otherwise. What it's what it meant for someone to be to struggle for thirty eight years with something like this. So it's it's almost it's almost consequential for us to think that he would arrive at a point where he would say, "But I'm getting up. I'm I'm not going to try anymore. I'm I'm just going to lie here. That's all. I'll never get into the water. I'm going to stop asking, stop praying, stop hoping." Maybe that's the reason that Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? Or do you believe that there's, that you're in a corner, that there's no way out for you? Or have you given up on change, on growth, on healing? Or have you given up on the fact that your situation is not going to change ever? we listen to what he says it's almost as if he comes with a lot of excuses and says lord but i haven't got anyone to help me and if i try someone else go and and, and sometimes that's a natural reaction of people that that, that, that don't experience change it, it, it must be someone's fault i've got to blame someone it's um, life is tough life is not fair um, and and we see something in his life when the uh, when the Jewish leader asked him later, why are you carrying your stuff on a Sabbath? He said, but I'm, I'm sorry, but someone else told me to do it. It's not my responsibility. I'm the victim here. Maybe that's the reason Jesus told him later in verse 14, but um, don't sin because the consequences of sin is going to kill you. Take responsibility for your life. Stop being a victim. And I think that's, there's an... There's a grave warning in here for each one of us. That it's so easy to look at our situation and think we're stuck. We're not stuck. Not if we believe in Jesus. New life is possible. Change is possible. Healing is possible. But our situations can't dictate our life. That's not the end of the road. Not if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And that Jesus came to give us life in its fullness. I don't know what your situation is. Maybe your situation is dire. Maybe you've been stuck now for a lot of years. Maybe you're really experiencing difficulties and it doesn't seem as if there's a way out. Not the end of the road. Not if we believe in Jesus. Second reason maybe why why we struggle to get new life, why we struggle to change, is that rules become too important. Um, what, what am I, why am I saying this? We must never underestimate Jesus' power. We must never underestimate the fact that Jesus can change anything in our life. All that Jesus told this man was, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He only had the word. Isn't that what John said in the beginning of his gospel? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In him was life. The power of Jesus' words. 
Um, verse 24 that we read said, whoever hears my word and believes him that sent me, if you can take God, Jesus' word, and you can trust that, and you can build your life on that, and you can do what he says, change is possible. That's powerful. Even for this man, he didn't even know who Jesus was. He couldn't identify Jesus. He said, I, I don't know who did it. Later on, he went back and said it was Jesus. But you know what's a sad part of the story? Is that the Jewish leaders didn't realize this guy was healed. It was for them more important to challenge him about a Sabbath ruling that he is not following. He was not allowed to carry his bedding on a Sunday, on a Sabbath. Shocking that following rules became more important in their religion than seeing people being healed. And they missed the miracle because the rule was more important. And it's easy to criticize these guys. But we are all there. We all have rules and regulations. Sometimes that's non-negotiable about our religion. We all judge people. We all get angry or discouraged if people criticize us. Or the way we serve the Lord or the way we follow him. And how easily it's for us to put prerequisites down and say, but um, you, if, if, you, if you believe you must do this and this and this, must be like this and this and this. How easy it is for us to miss what God is doing in people's lives if we're only looking at the law, only looking at rules. And you must remember, these people meant it in their, in their religion. They were, they were serious about it. They gave their life to it. And, and for them to following the law, to following rules, were a prerequisite. And it became more important than people. To, following the, to follow the right will was more important than to be healed. This pattern was so deeply ingrained in their lives that they didn't even see this was the same guy that was lying next to the pool of Bethesda 10 minutes ago. They didn't even recognize him. And into that um, aspect, this guy was right. He had no one. No one noticed him. He was on his own. The irony, irony of it all was that the Sabbath Sabbath was an amazing day. If we go back to the Jewish scriptures about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was to worship God. The Sabbath was to come and um, praise God for his work of redemption, for, for taking them out of Egypt, for saving them. So the, the, the Sabbath was, was a day where you come to, to, to the place where you know God is. You come to his temple, come into the presence of the Lord. That what was a Sabbath was about. To experience his work of redemption, to celebrate it. Isn't that the point of Lent? 
of Easter, Good Friday. Isn't that the point of Jesus dying on the cross for us, that we can experience redemption, that we can be saved. We can have the experience of God's work of setting us free in our lives. And we miss that if rules and the law becomes too important for us. It can never be. Third thing that may happen that will prevent that will prevent us from growing or changing or getting healed is that we misunderstand what it means when God is our Father. Um, what Jesus tried to show is that. You can't, you can't stop God from working. God is not going to follow our rules. You're never going to stop his power. You may be not going to experience it in your own life. But even then, you can't stop God from working. Because he's Lord of all our lives, of everything in our lives. Um, that's why Jesus says in verse 17, he says, in his offense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at work to this very day. God is not going to stop working because of our laws. He's not going to say, sorry, I'm not going to heal, the, heal that guy because you said I'm not allowed to heal someone on the Sabbath. He's not going to do that. He's not going to follow our rules or our interpretation of his rules. And we must hope that God will never stop working. We must hope that verse 17 is true. Otherwise, we're in trouble. Otherwise, we're still stuck in slavery. Otherwise, we like this poor man that, that was next to the pool of Bethesda without a chance in the world to get healed. Without a chance in the world to get noticed. Nothing is going to change in our lives if we don't realize that God is working. God's still working in our lives. And he will never stop working. You must remember, Jesus came to earth to bridge the gap between man and God. Um, Jesus came to earth to, come cl to bring God close to us. John 1.14 says, The Son of God became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. That's why Jesus said it's so important to understand that God is our father and we are his children. Because if you believe that, you've got a chance to be set free. You've got a chance to be healed. You've got a chance to change. You've got a chance to get in touch with God that loves you. John 3, 16 says, because God so loved the world that he sent his son. But Jesus got killed for that. Because the Jewish leader said it's impossible for God to be his father. Otherwise, he would have followed their rules. It's so sad to think that their rules and the way they interpreted the law became the prerequisite for faith. And they were willing to kill Jesus if he didn't follow their rules. While verse 24 says so clearly, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. 
We've got a chance to be healed if we're his kids. If we're children of God. Not if we live in fear that we're going to break some kind of religious law or rule. That's not going to save us. That's not going to change us. That's not going to bring healing in our lives. What's Jesus' message? Not follow this rule and you'll be saved. His message was, believe in me. Believe that God loves you. Trust me. And trust me when I say that you can have a relationship with God. And that he can heal you and free you. And make you whole. And gives you new life. That's his promise. So while we're preparing ourselves for Good Friday. For Easter Sunday. How amazing is it to know. That this God is our father. This God loves us. This God wants to heal us. Want to change the situations in our lives where we think that we're stuck. There's no rule for that. There's only a relationship that can change that. But if you listen to Jesus, listen to his words, if you believe that God loves you, you can have that relationship. That's the promise of scripture. Let's pray. Thank you for your healing power, Lord Jesus. Thank you that we can call you our Father who art in heaven. Thank you that you send your Son, Jesus, to come down to earth to live amongst us, to show us your love, and your mercy, and your kindness, and your grace, and your forgiveness. Lord, we want to follow you. We don't want to follow rules. We want to be in a relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We want to experience your love, your healing, your presence every day. Thank you that you were willing to die on the cross for us. Thank you that you were risen from the dead. And to show us that victory is possible. You know where each one of us is in this morning. You know what's going on in our lives. You know how we need you. Thank you that you care and that you love us. Pray this in your holy name. Amen. We'd have an opportunity to bring our offerings. What an amazing way to thank God. What an amazing way to worship God with, with what we bring. So um, let's do that, do, do that this morning with that in mind. I want to invite you to our Easter Sunday church service in Guildford on Sunday, Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock. Um, all the information of this is in our, on our website. So please do come. It will be a celebration of life. Um, with the whole ESA congregation in the UK. Um, I hope I see each one of you there. Accept the blessing of the Lord when we go our separate ways this morning. I know that he will be with you. The Lord will bless you and keep you. He will shine his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.